Welcome to yet another episode of Taking the Rams by the Horns, brought to you by Sowetin Live. My name is Rams Mabote. In this weekly podcast, we bring you news analysis that will not leave you in paralysis. Thank you to those of you who have subscribed. Thank you for subscribing. And if you haven't as yet, please do. You won't regret it. I promise you. South Africa is alive with possibilities. I mean, who would have imagined a former president in jail? A sitting president sleeping on cash, literally. A cabinet minister visiting a common prisoner in jail. Or even the post office operating, even when they have nothing to do. Can you confirm that delivery performances drop? Welcome to the new Sowetan Live podcast called Taking the Rams by the Horns with me, Rams Mabote. Each week, I will be taking a lighter look at very serious topics that half the time drive you up the wall. This podcast will use humor to take no prisoners, have no holy cows, and cook a whole lot of sacrificial lambs. Sometimes the seat of power can humble you. I mean, one minute you are whining and dining the world royalty and the next minute you're on the ground with your poor and angry supporters who could not give a hoot about your world travels. Take this example, for instance, straight from his glitzy showstopper at the Buckingham Palace, President Cyril Ramaphosa walked into a pothole, literally and figuratively. As part of his party's program, known as Litsima, Ramaphosa was sent by the African National Congress to the far-flung village of Dizobotla in Isoseng in the northwest province. If you know it as well as I do, you will know that the locals pronounce it Dizobotla. The president had arrived from London, where he met the rich and famous, was hosted in the gold-plated scene of colonial crime, spent some time with the latest British Prime Minister at Downing Street, which is almost as porous as our borders here at home. And he flew in the luxury of the presidential jet called Inkwazi. What does his party do just a day after his return? Well, they send the president to a town in a province known as the pothole capital of South Africa. To be honest, there is a bit of road on the potholes of Dichobotla. The complaints about the potholes in this town are legendary. It does not get more ironic than that. Word has it that the local and provincial politicians avoid going to that part of town because many a car that ventured to go in had to be towed out to safety. But at least you gotta give it to the ANC government for allowing the town to live up to its name. After all, Dichowata is a Setswana word that means noisy footfalls in the mud. In the recent rains, not only feet but tires too are heard making noisy falls in the mud of the potholes of Dichobotla. The irony does not end there. Dichobotla is part of its saying, which itself means lift yourselves up. Yes, I'm not lying, that's what it means. And I know we cannot blame the ANC for that name. 
it was the National Party's tasteless humor to name black townships and villages with names like Jabulani, Tembisa, Pumulong, and Ikaheng, where there was no joy, promise, peace, or self-development. Not to be outshone by the National Party, though, for the past 28 years, the ANC government has all but left the residents of its Hussein to lift themselves up from the noisy footfalls of Dijobohotla. But the residents have lost hope. And also the street lights, all of them, they are not working. Because of Rataba, Holy Fifi. Arena Motagas. Barry Dudis, Adi, Quedile Mata, Teresa Motagas, Ogadula, 24 hours, Usaj, Osakunua, because of Hakona Motagas, the four of the four of the three, Julia Dinali, right through Apule and Lebana by the Kulu. The transporter, the butter, the ambulance, the Hono, the Zanakan, the Hakona. But true to his nature, Ramaphosa would not hear any of their complaints. In song and dance, and with a wide-brimmed grin, he reassured the residents that his government will solve this problem. He promised them that the ANC will fix the job order. He went further to ask for another chance for the ANC, reminding the residents that no other party could govern this country, adding that other parties have nothing to offer. Itzobota will have a municipality that is fit for purpose, that is going to serve the people of this area properly, that is going to pay attention to the issues of water, to the issues of uh, potholes in the city, service delivery, which you were talking about, uh, Mr. Chris Priet, and you were absolutely right, absolutely right. It should pain the people of this area. And indeed, it's not only here, it's throughout the country. The Auditor General has been talking about the state of our municipalities, and I've articulated it on a number of times. Our realization has now been heightened, and we've decided that we are going to take action and uh, through legislative uh, uh, amendments, and we're going to be professionalizing the civil service so that we get people who are fit for purpose. And here's another irony. Only recently, in that part of the world, there were two ANC administrations, two mayors, two chief whips, two speakers and caucuses. The ANC was eating twice while the community was sinking once in the potholes. While the Jobotla was plunging into oblivion, the ANC was fighting for the remaining tar on the road. It appears, though, that there are residents that are refusing to be fooled again. <laughs> To me, though, what is curious is why the ANC would choose the job order to send their president during an election season. I mean, you don't want to do that when things are bad, right? It had to be a hard sell even for the president. It is either that they wanted to embarrass him or they knew that more than anyone else in him, they have a president who makes false promises 
in all official languages. By a show of hands, does the name Noma India to ring a bell to you? Well, you're not alone. Nobody knows at the top of their heads that uh, Miss Mfeketo is South Africa's ambassador to the United States of America. Yes, the USA. I would not blame you if you do not know who your excellency Mfeketo is. After all, it is the Americans who are supposed to know her as she has the unenviable task of selling our country to the USA. It does not get harder than that. But you should not be ashamed of yourself not to remember this esteemed comrade who has served as Minister of Human Settlements, Deputy Minister of International Relations and Cooperation, Speaker of the National Assembly, among many distinguished roles of her illustrious career. Damn it, Your Excellency also served as the last ANC mayor of Cape Town before losing the city twice to the Democratic Alliance in 2000 and later in 2006. The ANC in Cape Town has never been the same since. Spare a thought for yourself, though. Even that untrustworthy source called Wikipedia is not aware that Miss Mfeketo holds the responsibility of representing us in Washington. That has gone unnoticed to them until the past weekend, that is. So, City Press newspaper broke a story which, if I did not know better, would be sure that it belongs in the bookshelves of fairy tales at best or in the manuscripts of those badly written stories and dramas of the SABC of the 1980s like Lesilo Rula. Lesilo. Awangudwa. Waiti ridiretsi stela lekhosi molema. Basiyana. Fela ke tsumwa ke According to the newspaper, a domestic worker for the SA ambassador to the US makes shocking claims of witchcraft and poisoning. I'm going to repeat that. Witchcraft and poisoning. Apparently, Milliet Nomsa Medina Delgado filed a complaint to the Department of International Relations and Cooperation against Mfeketo and her son, Bonele, in which she accuses them of trying to kill her. Medina Delgado wrote, and I quote, The ambassador and her son, Bonelo Mfeketo, have tried everything to kill. Witchcraft, <laughs> poisoning me, worse paying people to kill me, but God said, not with my own, close quote. Later, she claims that uh, this is where it gets, by, by, by the way, very juicy. You must listen to this very carefully. That one night, around 2 a.m., she saw chemicals, which means white in color. When she went to the bathroom to find the mop, she saw the ambassador walking uh, in the dark barefooted, going straight into her room. And she says, into my room, I quote her. The ambassador, according to Ms. Medina Delgado, said, Quote, she was looking for someone. This is 2 a.m. This is in the house of the ambassador, guys. Let's get one thing clear. That these are untested allegations. And as most of us would know, it is hard to test and prove allegations of witchcraft. In no way suggesting a defense for missing feketo, but white powder can be so many things, especially in America. In spite of their noise, we know Americans remain one of the most drug-infested countries. So white powder could be. 
anything from icing sugar to cocaine, right? But we should also remember that in her admission, Miss Medina Delgado is responsible for doing laundry for your excellency. So this white powder could very well be washing powder, no? I mean, not all washing powder that is discovered at 2 a.m. is suspicious, right? We can still see washing powder at 2. I think I've seen it before. But I can imagine how our American friends have received the news. What sort of headlines do you think they'll be running this week? Out of Africa? Darkest Africa? The witch? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to imagine. Wow. Well... In the meantime, we have to see how the effective and aggressive FBI, with the help of the CIA, find. We know the latter may suspect anthrax, in which case they may blacklist us as a country. You cannot put that past our paranoid friends. You cannot. It is hard to be black and from Africa in the U.S. The last thing we need is to be in the news for allegations of witchcraft. I honestly feel sorry for your excellency in Fekato. She could just be fair game for those acerbic stand-up comedians. You know those guys, right? Once they pick up this story, mm, she is script. In the unlikely event that she is right, it would seem that Miss Medina Delgado is already cursed. She will be on her way back home soon. And it won't be on a broomstick, I think. About six years ago, I visited the one-horse town of Velcom in the Free State, and I came back cursing traffic circles. Okay, my bad, Velcom is a three-horse town, but that's beside the point. I have never seen a town with so many traffic circles. To enter a traffic circle, you have to exit another, and vice versa. I reckon there are more traffic circles in Velcom than there are clean politicians in that part of the world. It was for that reason that my eyebrows were raised when one day I read about something called the Rivonia Circle. I was like, not again. I tried hard to jog my memory about any traffic circle in the suburb of Rivonia, north of Johannesburg, and nothing significant came to mind. I remembered one or two, but I could not even remember where they led to. Who the hell then was Rivonia Circle, I asked myself. Quickly, I discovered that the convener and one of the founders, Song Ezozibi, was someone I knew fairly well and one I could easily claim to call a friend without being accused of name dropping. He also happens to be a former editor in this group where I work. I still could not make out what they are. Are they a political party, a political movement, or just a circle taking us on a political merry-go-round? Today we are here to have a conversation about the kind of South Africa that we want, which we call South Africa 2.0. This is a follow-up to a gathering we had on the 8th of October in Bramfontein at the Pactonian with Nse Ufo from the New Georgia Project about electoral participation, about civic engagement and so on. Today we are here to talk about the way forward, talk about the solutions we want to develop to the problems that South Africans are encountering so that we can mobilize around those solutions and make sure that by the time we get to 2024, we have a People's Manifesto. The call to action is that South Africans 
and South Africa must rise. We must rise to the challenges of our time. We must rise to the challenge of creating solutions for South Africa's problems. We must rise to the challenge of finding leaders in our circles, in our communities, in our families, so that they can lead us in finding these solutions and making sure they're implemented. I decided to invite Songhezu to join me today to explain. <laughs> the merry-go-round is a bit more fun, by the way. Well, well, you know, before you even go ahead, let me let me explain further. You see, part of my confusion uh, came from the fact that these fellows, most of whom are middle class, highly educated and very influential in their own right, claim that they are not forming a political party. And Songhezo says emphatically he's not putting his name in the head to run against Zuelin Kiese in 2024. <laughs> this left me with some digital vibes. <laughs> so, so, so I had to ask Commissar, and that's what I call him. That's what we call each other. How's it, mate? <laughs> I'm good, Commissar. I'm, I'm really, really good. Listen, the 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 merry-go-round in Velcom yeah. is a bit more fun than than politics. <laughs> I've been to Velcom. Have you been to Velcom? I've been to Velcom. Have you seen those circles? Like, can, I, can I tell you, you a story? You can run out of fuel while doing the circles. Can I tell you a story? Yeah. So I go to Velcom for motor racing some years ago. Yeah. So I'm driving a I'm driving a Golf. I, I used to work for Volkswagen. Yes. So I you used to work for Volkswagen. Yeah, yeah. So I used to get all, all the latest shiny cars. I've got a shiny red Golf GTI. And I see a guy that's got EC number plates, you know. So the guy says, hey, what's my guy? So I said to him, yeah, yeah. So we asked, where are you from? Was it dude? You know, was it I tell him. So he says, oh, so so tina, so deliverish. Wow. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Of course, you don't. I mean, no, I mean you would have to explain if, if yeah, more yeah, yeah, you like, stay no, with no, the delivery no, thing. So, so delivery, uh, but then you know, homes. if things don't work out for you, what else you could do? Right? I could always go back to deliveries. Uh, <laughs> in a, as long as it's in a GTI. <laughs> <laughs> do they still make them? They do apparently, but they're hell of expensive these days. And they sell. They still sell more outside Eldorado Park and other places. Uh, right, well, let's let's get to our point. Where exactly is this circle? The no, Rivonia the Rivonia circle. circle is not even in Rivonia, by the way. So I got a WhatsApp uh, last night yeah. from Mzwane Lemany saying, I live in Rivonia and I see I was not invited to your thing. At least he was not looking for the circle. <laughs> like you, <laughs> you don't seem to know where the circle is. I have no clue. But there was a, a lot of thought into what we call ourselves, right? Yeah. Because we looked at, at where the country is. Uh, I mean, I come from Grandulia, I come from a village. In fact, all of us, Luz Wokoti was part of us, yeah, passed I away, right? So his soul rest in peace, what a gentleman. We're all, we all village boys, you know. And and when we started the Rivonia Circle, we thought, what could be, what could inspire, could be inspiring to us, mm -hmm. right? To do what we want to do in the right way. And we thought the generation of the Rivonia trial, ah. the Robert Sobukwes. I mean, he might not have been yes. in the Rivonia trial, but there was a certain, was in that generation. There was a certain caliber of black people, I will say in particular, who had a sense of responsibility for the whole country. So we decided to take that part. Oh. The circle is we are in Africa, Commissar. In Africa, when there are troubles in the community, we sit down and we discuss what are we going to do. And, and we, we sit in a circle. We sit in a circle usually. At least there are rendezvous where I come yep. from. And you end up in a circle. But we don't have classroom sitting yes. in our yes. communities. It's general, and you stand in the middle. 
umenkundleni and so that's what we we decided oh. to to call ourselves we are not in rivonia though at the time we were running the organization from either my house or from dopio or wherever we happened to be sitting there was no office there was nothing it was just an idea the plan to unseat the anc no you know when we set out that was not the plan in the beginning there was something in particular that frustrated us and especially for someone like me who's been an editor right you on the one hand you have a pandemic you've got people dying you have load shedding you've got ground zero in cape town you have high unemployment how but, unemployment yeah, yeah. you know what i mean so you got all of these problems and then there seemingly everybody is complaining that there is no leadership and there's nobody to solve our problems and so on and then the part of me thought if a country is a home if there was a problem in my family i would get up and try and sort it right mm -hmm. you might not know how exactly to solve the problem but you're going to call your cousin rams and call fix and call somebody and say guys hey there's a problem here what do we do yeah. so we intended this to be a platform hence a circle you can't really be a circle of four people <laughs> <laughs> so we need to be the place in math literacy does happen uh, well yeah. listen i was not good at math so so you need to bring more people together into the conversation and we've got a very conversational style in in what we mm -hmm. do right and we become solutions focused so if you watch the first video we released we said we're going to develop the leaders we're going to find and develop the leaders wherever they may be we're going to develop the ideas where people say there are no ideas these people don't have ideas these people are not good leaders and all of this stuff okay let us say we all agree then what so what must happen so we're all going to sit here and say there's no leadership and not do anything about it so that's what we initially set out to do if you had to look at that video versus where we ended up this weekend yeah. they're not the same thing yeah. they are not the same thing and that's because we decided to become honest to how the journey goes and we take it where it went in the beginning rams i went to oxford a, a school of government yeah. the plavatnik school of government we're talking to gibbs we're talking to all of these people we're gonna develop these leaders in a particular way and so on rams i mean i even felt at some point that what you guys were trying to do was to create independents who are, who are going to run for office no, was i right was no, I, no, no, was no, I, no 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 that's more, that's closer to what a uh, lindy way at future elect is doing i mean that's not a specific uh, intention but you're more likely to get that outcome yeah. out of that what we wanted to do was to get a sense of national purpose out of people this business of saying the country is going to the dogs and then what you put your hands in your pocket and you walk away walk away where you can't but i i, I hear you so so we sit in this circle you know and hopefully it it, it replaces the 300 traffic circles in in welcome and do what i mean yes we've brainstormed we've, we've complained we said now this is nonsense and so, we all want to lead we all want to change what are we gonna do what so we what doing? we so there were two major areas so it was going to be leadership development it was also going to be public policy development but the public policy development would come with very careful listening 
to people. So we're going to do focus groups, we're going to do polling, we're going to do desktop and, and other research and so on, so, so that we think about solutions properly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we were joined by Tessa Dooms. And she said there's something they do in the States, I think it's called circles of conversation or something. And she said we can do a similar thing, we call it democracy builder. And she described this thing. And we realized it's a structured listening tool. It's a workshop, it's a civic engagement, it's a listening tool, and you end up with a community project in the end. And it has real benefits, and the people do it themselves. We don't. We don't have money, <laughs> Rams. <laughs> we don't have money to sponsor. I, I was them. gonna get to the money part, but so, we, we still so, get. To so, it. so people do do this on on their own, right? And so, so we added democracy builder, and then we realized democracy builder is a gold mine because it's now helping us understand people's views about politics and why they don't think politics works for them. Right, mm-hmm. because the first question is, what, what are your views about what? What do you think is the purpose of politics? What does it mean to you? People say corruption, mm-hmm. lies, and and all of these kind of things. Yeah, yeah, all the negative yeah. stuff, right? But in a democracy, whenever a group of people get together, they can have a political conversation. You don't have to belong to a party. Mm-hmm. You can have a political conversation as long as it is about issues that affect everybody else. And you can make political decisions out of that political conversation. And you can do something about those political decisions that you that you get around and, and you talk well, about. Well, well, in my past, what we did was to throw stones. And of, stuff, course, so, so. of course. I mean, there was there was that. But you also know about Mkhabul. Rams, we do Mkhabul. Of course. That's what you this guys This is do. what we do. <coughs> we do Mkhabul. Yeah. Rams. And as soon as people realize that, hey, we have power to act. That's why one of our hashtags is the power to act. Yeah. We have power to act. We can sit and decide what needs to be done in the community. We don't have to wait so, for so a counselor. Earlier in, in this podcast, I spoke about a place called Dichobotla yes. in the Northwest, right. uh, which is the pothole capital of South Africa. Right. So if people in Dichobotla join the circle, they have to talk about the potholes and solve the potholes themselves. No, so what we don't do, Rams, is we, we, we facilitate these conversations. We don't tell people what to talk about. So it really can be anything. But usually the potholes and things come up anyway, right? Now, in a system such as in a democratic system, you have the agency to do things on your own, you have the agency to do some things on your own, but ask the authorities or other people to help you. And the third part is you can tell the authorities, well, you will fix those portals. I'm not fixing those portals. Mm-hmm. You fix them. What I can do is I can also patrol the streets, though. But we need that police van to drive past every one hour. Yeah. Right. That's a combination. Or you can say there are hungry families in the community. The social grants are not enough. We can't impact that. But there's something we will do as a community together to improve a certain situation. So you've got agency right across. So it's not to say fix the potholes yourself because how are people going to fix load shedding? You know, they can't. Mm. Well, so not also, even ESCOM can fix it. Not even yes, ESCOM can yeah. fix it. So you have to be realistic about what people can fix. What really excites people is the fact that they can actually have a political conversation where nobody is asking you to sign up. You don't have to be a member. We're a non-profit. <laughs> you can't join us. You can't join us. But I'm still, I'm still concerned. 
to what end? What's gonna happen? No, I'm but like, you would. What's gonna so, happen? So, so I was, I was still on where we thought we were gonna go with okay. this thing. So you're going to conscientize. So we're still in the traffic circle. We're now. still in the traffic circle Let's now. Exit yeah. and get to where. So we're you going. still, you still uh, conscientize people. You develop ideas and that kind of thing. Then we realize out of these conversations that we can actually think about the ideas differently. Because of the way people formulate the things. For instance, you pick it clearly, you come in there, you say, shoot first and ask questions later. Mm-hmm. But when people talk about the criminals, they say, oh, these kids, they use nyaupe. The moment somebody says kids, you stop and you say, oh, yeah. okay, I can't say shoot first. And Now you have a different conversation about a solution, which includes policing all the way to skills training and drug rehab and these kind of things. And then we were like, hey, we're in a much better position now to develop the ideas because they can be multidisciplinary. You don't have to deal with policing only as a policing issue alone. That's when the off-ramps started coming on. Because out of these workshops, uh, at the end of it, there is a mini NDP that people make for their community. We say, just imagine the South Africa you what should Wave you magic like? wand. Yeah, if if you had to sit here and please, what you're gonna do now? You've done complaining for the last two hours. Now we're gonna reimagine South Africa and your community. What does it have? How does it work? How? What is everybody's role in it? You take politics out of the realm of complaining and being depressed into what are the possibilities? That's the NDP part of the process. Now, what, this is what happens almost every time. People look at their handiwork at four and they go, yeah, but these guys will never do this. No, we must do it ourselves. Yeah. We must do it ourselves, right? Rams, we've been to eight provinces now, 37 communities. I'm, I'm keen to know which province has been the, the unfortunate ones. Yeah, Northern so Cape. Okay. So we're going to do yeah, them. Yeah, I can understand. We, we, we're gonna, <laughs> don't say that. We're going to do Northern Cape, right? But people keep saying that let's just do this ourselves. Let's, you know, they, they will never do it. We're never going to talk about the elephant in the room because this is a good plan. And these people, all they know is to come and tell us what they're going to do and then they don't do it. And people keep talking about a movement, registering independence and so on. Every single conversation, Rams, it comes up. The last thing I want to say, then we're out of the traffic circle, is that people don't talk about the things they talk about are not regarded as political issues by political parties. I was in East London last week. We spent most of the time talking about child pregnancy, child deaths at uh, child mother deaths at, at delivery, child mortality from out of a, a child mother's cervical cancer, and this sort of thing. Now, Rems, if that can't be a political issue, what is? What is? Right. So we now understood that this is the problem. This is why people are not in the political system, because you come there and you talk about, I don't know, nationalizing a bank or whatever the case is. People think, hey, man, OK, I hear that, but I've got a problem here. My child is but, pregnant. But you ultimately should be telling them not to vote for those that are not no, doing stuff No, 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 them, no, no, right? no. So we started off saying that you actually the whole thing, it evolved to in October this year. We got Nse Ufo from the New Georgia project in the U.S. She's Nigerian-American. She came here and she said, listen, what you need to do in order for democracy to work is you need to have your own agenda. Don't wait for somebody to tell you what their manifesto is. You need to have your own agenda. And if their agenda doesn't fit yours, you say, sorry, I'm not going with you. I know what I want. 
here's my plan. If you're not signing up to my plan, I'm sorry. Bye-bye. Yeah. I don't care what you what you are, right? So we then there was a conversation, no, but you can't even vote for independence and so on. Then they said, no, let's start a political movement. This is now in October. Let's yeah. start a political movement. And then we're like, whoa, wait. <laughs> Guys, can, can we think about this a little bit? Go back to where you came from. Consult lots of people. We'll have another conversation, which was what this last Saturday. Because you can't be, there were 160 people in here in Bramfontein. 160 people are not a movement. And so we came to Saturday, this last Saturday, where again, they were like movement building, movement building. We want to build a movement. So are you building a movement? And then we said, okay. There are 600 people here. 600 people is too few in a country of 60 million people. It's not, it's not, 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 not. So if we want a movement, register to fight an election in 2024, we've got to build one. So that's the job. So we're starting a campaign to build one. Ah. Then the question was, so how many people? So I'm there on the stage. The whole thing is on YouTube. So I'm like, so how many signatures do you want to get? Volunteers? 10,000. They were like, no. I was like, 40,000, no, they're going to go and get a million, right? A million signatures. It's a lot, but that's what they've said. They're going to go and get a million. So now we're starting a parallel thing to Rivonia Circle because it, is, it was never meant to be a movement mm -hmm. that way. Parallel thing, there must be the rise, uh, the, the rise campaign. It's about getting people to put up their hands to do community projects. So those 35 community projects we have across the country, basically we now need to amplify that. That's what would make it a movement. One last it's question. It's going to be about something. I'm out of time. I get it. So this movement is going to happen. It's going to be parallel to the circle. And therefore you're going to run for president. And before you answer... I want you to, right? I'd like to have a friend who's a president who I can call on when I've got problems. I mean, I'll be on first name terms with the president. So please tell me you're going to run for president. <laughs> hey, listen, I was speaking to somebody. I said, would you please speak to Imtiaz Suleiman and, and ask him to run for president because people will vote for him. Here's what I'm committed to, Commissar, seriously. I mean, I, I've said in my book that because the culture in South Africa is, no, 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 no I, 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 I don't want to lead. Yeah. We need to start a different culture of taking responsibility. And me. If I had the opportunity to run for president, I, I would. We don't have presidential elections yet, but we've got to learn to take responsibility. People have got to say, I want to be a mayor in this town. I want to fix things, right? We've got to do that. Otherwise, what's the point? I, I must tell you. All the people in the ANC who want to lead the ANC say, no, 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 I, I don't want. <laughs> but they're going around campaigning and doing TV interviews. What nonsense is that? You got presidential qualities. I mean, that's a great political answer. But, uh, I, but I'm done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. The Rivonia Circle is a political campaign that... Uh, no, the rise uh, campaign. Uh, it, it, seek, yeah, it seeks to, to, to do something, to change things, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it's up to you to decide whether they're taking us in a circle or they're trying <laughs> to get us out of a political merry-go-round of the last 28 years. Thanks, Songs. Thanks, Commissar. Hey, Thank you. It was great being with you. <laughs> I have lived long enough to witness scary, ridiculous, shocking, and sometimes spell-binding things in my life. I have seen Bafana Bafana go on a celebratory dance after a match, only to discover that they actually had been eliminated from the event. I saw Ashman Rajbanzi, the indomitable small-town politician known as the Bengal Tiger, 
getting a varam clap across the face when he tried to speak sense to the AWB when the Africana supremacists tried to break up the negotiations at the World Trade Center. I even remember seeing the self-same AWB white buses begging for mercy the day they were cornered by the Buputatswana Defense Force who halted their five minutes of infamy trying to invade the so-called independent country. But I was not ready for what went down in my township of Dobsonville in Soweto on Sunday. You see, Sundays in the townships are generally boring, reserved mainly for mundane activities like men, women and children walking about drinking their 750 ml beers without care or fear. Sometimes they even do this on the doorstep of a police station. Struz Bob. Occasionally, there is a young man in the neighborhood who whips out his two-meter-tall speakers and blasts the decibels out of the entire neighborhood all afternoon into the evening, sometimes into the wee hours of the morning, ESCOM allowing. Then... There are men and women in uniform, some to or from church, and others to gatherings known as societies. Remember societies? They were made famous by, by Brian Mulefe, the ESCOM Brian Mulefe, when he testified at the State Capture Commission, which explains what I saw this weekend as a serious anomaly worthy of a Netflix documentary. First, it was a group of four low lives robbing a neighborhood hardware store at gunpoint. Well and good. After all, crime is South Africa's pastime. The Minos, however, after looting the shop empty and taking thousands worth of takings, we are told, got greedy. As they left the shop, they robbed onlookers and uninvolved pedestrians of their phones and valuables. But it was in that act of all or nothing that someone spotted an unmarked police vehicle and alerted them to the crime. The police officers gave chase and a shootout ensued between the police and the uh, criminals leading to the criminals stopping their car and two of them fleeing on foot. One of the police officers who with the help of a security officer in the area, which is quite a coincidence, got out of the police vehicle, accosted the criminals that were still stuck in the car. At that point, a police van also arrived. I'm sure they would have called it. And they helped apprehend the arrested criminals. The two original officers who were in the flying squad car then decided to give chase to the fleeing criminals who were on foot by this time. And this is where the Emmy Award-winning drama begins. In a space of minutes, this one officer emptied the magazine of his gun trying to shoot the one fleeing criminal who could not have been 100 meters in front of him. He missed and missed and missed again, all in full view of the residents who were going on about their business as if nothing was happening. Mind you, the police officer, at least to a naked eye, looked fitter and slimmer than the criminal he was chasing. To boot, at some point the criminal tripped and fell. But still, he managed to get himself up and disappear from the helpless cop. Meanwhile, back at the cops and the apprehended criminals, the police managed to cuff the criminals and put them in the back of their van. But hold on before you rise in rapturous applause. It gets worse. As they did that, the police abandoned the criminal's car. And guess what? 
the curious and crime-hating members of community who had gathered to witness this crime started helping themselves to the loot from the hardware store that was thrown all over the criminal's car. But that was nothing. Another law-abiding member of the community apparently helped himself to a gun belonging to the criminals and leisurely walked away from the crime scene. No protest from the residents. They were busy helping themselves to padlocks and sandpapers. Very important things to have in life, you know. But there is an upside, though. The other cop that had gone for a different criminal, not the one that shot and missed endless times, managed to accost his target, and soon the criminal had joined his peers in the back of the police van. Realizing that they had done a good job burying the botch up of leaving the criminal's car unattended and the embarrassment of their flying squad colleague missing his target hopelessly, the police left the scene, taking with them the suspects and the car they were driving in. No, wait, it's not over yet. At that point, members of the community suspected that the criminals that had escaped could not be far. And they were right. Soon he was spotted to be hiding between corrugated iron shakes behind one of the houses. He was apprehended. And true to how things are done in this neck of the woods, members of the community laid a few claps, kicks, insults and spat at the criminal. As we say, loosely translated, whipping the smart ass out of him. The next part cannot be scripted, so wait for it. Not even Martin Scorsese could ever write this part. Soon, a Joburg Metropolis minibus came by. You know, one of those that are always on standby at roadblocks with the sole duty of ferrying traffic fine offenders to the nearest police station. A responsible member of the community flagged the Metropolis minibus down the cops were reluctant to stop though they slowed down but kept on driving even when they could see something wrong was underway but finally our fearless cops stopped yet miraculously less than a minute later they quietly drove off leaving residents to execute a citizen's arrest realizing that it is in their hands the residents duly walked the suspect to the police station some 400 meters away and thus Another Soweto Sunday came past. And that, my friends, concludes this chapter of Taking the Rams by the Horns. Please subscribe to the channel and spread the word. Please follow us on Twitter at Rams by the Horns and at Soweto Live. Until next week, goodbye and God bless.